0: Greetings, dear listener. You're listening to the Jaunty Mantis podcast. This is Jesse.
1: This is Maddie,
0: And we are presenting to you today a special bonus episode. True story.
1: Yeah, why do we do these? Well, the Jaunty Mantis is released in seasons, 12 episodes per, and uh, the reason for that is so we have time to take a breather, get uh, extra recordings done, make sure we don't fall behind so if you're listening to this that means that we're in between seasons we made it (laughs) so we'll be back soon and until then enjoy this episode this bonus episode it's not necessarily about role-playing game topics but it is very nerd adjacent and we hope you enjoy it yep Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Jaunty Mantis. Uh, I'm going to quick check to see what the tagline of this show is. Again, it's creative questions for curious gamers, of course. With me is my usual co-host, Jesse. Jesse, say hello. Hello. (laughs) Stay a while and listen. That's right. That's right. And, you know, we're going to change things up for this normal uh, podcast that we uh, tend to do. We tend to focus on role-playing game Specifics, weird mechanics, uh, esoteric philosophy. When it comes to the gaming space, things like that. But for banter topics, we we figure we'll do the standard nerd garbage. And so, you know, what is our what is our question for today? What is our banter topic for today, Jesse? What did you want to talk about?
0: Well, uh, as far as standard nerd garbage goes, and I should know I've been living on a steady diet of it my entire life, we're going to talk, and this will be very timely by the time it comes out, uh, (laughs) like all of our episodes, we're going to talk about the Dungeons and Dragons movie, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves.
1: Yeah, that's right. I just recently watched this movie. I'm making quotes with my... Fingers. I don't know if that's going to give Jesse any indicator where I land on, on this movie. But Jesse, my understanding is you you love this movie.
2: Yeah
0: i I think that overall it was the kind of uh, just movie fun with uh, good pacing, good jokes. Um, didn't take itself too seriously. That is not a thing I think you get. Like I don't remember. It's the kind of movie. That was enjoyable, but didn't have a trailer where at some point in the trailer it goes, (laughs) yeah,
1: Yeah, they call that epic music now.
0: Yeah, epic trailer music, epic. And uh, I've tried to watch it, I watched it in the theaters, uh, my gaming groups, all of them, the A team, the B team, they named themselves that.
1: Um, Oh, wow.
0: So don't, uh, that's not me as an eternal DM talking shit. Uh,
1: (laughs) I was like, wow, you're a dick no yeah they them named organized?
0: themselves that actually wow. um no my friend shannon named that when her husband jordan started playing in the group <laughs> like she's like it's the bt i don't know um we all went to go see it at a flicks. that was the first movie theater i'd ever been to where they serve you food mm. and beer at uh, your seat so that was fun Coming out of the pandemic, apparently existed before the pandemic, but mm-hmm. I decided to spawn shortly before the pandemic. So I didn't get to see a lot of live movies in the two or three years before that yeah. whole thing happened. Um, and then I tried to
1: watch it again with my kids. Mm. As you do, as you do. Mm-hmm. And how did that turn out?
0: Um. So I was thinking about this. When I was a kid, there was another kid who lived down the street uh, and his name was Barry uh, I haven't talked to him since fifth grade, so I don't know where he is. Um, but, uh, Barry had a VHS, uh, videotape player in the fifth grade, which is, they're still kind of newish. Uh, and he owned a copy of Peewee's big adventure.
1: Oh, classic.
0: And we would go over to his house and we would watch the large Marge scene, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who can't see it, Pee-wee is getting hitchhiking. This is Pee-wee Herman, um, and uh, he gets picked up by a lady truck driver, and she tells him the story of a night just like this when Large Marge was in a track ac- truck accident, and when they pulled her from the car, her face looked like this, and there's a horrible Tim Burton claymation nightmare thing that we just thought was the funniest thing ever so we would just rewind it and watch that again and again and again and again and what made me think of that is the only part of the movie that my kids were really into was the speak with the dead scene Mm. which they made me watch over and over and over again and one of the guys they interview died slipping on soap and hitting his head on the bathtub Mm -hmm. and they just thought that was so funny so that imagine the high-pitched voices of my children going it's so funny he died taking a bath (laughs) and i'm just sitting there like that that really happens (laughs) like this is why this is where we we tell you not to to run in the the (laughs) (laughs)
2: bathroom
0: next that would be it's okay if we die you can just use a spell to talk to us i'm like no I gave up necromancy when I married your mother. So. That's right.
1: And how old are your children? Just for, just for reference. Uh, seven
0: and five.
1: Okay, good. Cause I forgot. Yeah. I'm kidding. I didn't forget. But the audience doesn't know who your kids are and they probably never will or should. But, you know, so you shared, did they make it through the entire movie?
0: No. Which is astounding to me because they made it through the entire Hobbit trilogy.
1: Whoa. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow.
0: They can't make it through Fellowship of the Rings, but the whole Hobbit trilogy.
1: Well, to be fair, the Hobbit trilogy is shot like one giant video game sequence, though. There's several moments when I was watching, because I saw each of those Hobbit movies in the theater, because I was like, I love Lord of the Rings so goddamn much. I don't care how bad they are i just need more of this in my life i need to go to middle earth as often as possible i love the rings of power show i actually think it's really good i i
0: i I do too and i'm glad to know that that's your take on lord of the rings because i was worried there'd be no audience for my one-man show
1: (laughs) where i speed run the
0: entire silmarillion in 30 minutes (laughs) coming to a black box theater near you in oklahoma 2025.
1: for sure but yeah, there was so many moments in the Hobbit movies where I my hands just instinctively came up in front of my body to press, you know, to press buttons for them to, like, you know, jump out of a barrel or go to the other side or get over Skip a wall. A cut shoot scene with or... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I I can understand that the way that movie is shot. Didn't they shoot it? In a faster speed than we all prefer watching movies at that like i'm sure appeals to a kid because they don't know they don't understand what's good yet well i
0: don't okay i don't know the rules of the banter topic but uh we don't i guess so we don't have there any, are but, no rules so here's another connection relation uh i recently re-watched a great piece of youtube um cinema discussion uh the whole plate by Lindsay ellis which is a 12-part series that examines the michael bay transformer movies oh wow through the lens of uh gender theory feminist theory uh queer theory auteur like it takes famous film theory and examines the michael bay transformers movies which i just think is a delightful concept um Mm -hmm. and uh she said one of the things that makes why you can never remember what happened in a Michael Bay Transformers movie is because of the way he shoots it, you don't know what's important on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Because like the point of focus of the action like rolls all over and just is non-stop moving around. So your brain eventually just stop trying to remember. And I feel like there's good parts of the Hobbit movie that are like that, which mm-hmm that higher, faster film speed and that the lighting and the video game-esque backgrounds, I think are all side effects of
1: that. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: But the Dungeons and Dragons movie did not have that
1: problem. Mm -hmm. Did the Dungeons and Dragons movie have any problems as far as you were concerned? You love the movie, but no movie is perfect, Jesse. And was there anything that stuck out to you in the Dungeons and Dragons movie that you thought was mediocre or painful or unnecessary or bad
0: uh point of order there is one perfect movie it's called the crow and it's how i learned what love is
1: (laughs) Uh, so, so well it can't rain all the time
0: yeah no really can't really can't um i would say the complaint I've heard, it didn't register to me, and I felt this is a moral failing, as I often do, is just that, like uh, my friend Louise was like, they fridged the wife.
1: Mm. Hmm. Yep. Do you agree with that? As a pain point for the movie, I because I have a theory about this.
0: No, I mean, it didn't jump out to me. Like, I'm sad someone was bummed about it. I, I thought the fact that, like, one of the two leads was a incredibly strong woman. Oh, that was the other one. Yeah, starting, starting the movie with the attempted sexual assault.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> like, obviously,
1: I'm glad the result happened for that dude, mm-hmm. but like. That's something you had a problem with or that somebody else had a problem with?
0: I thought it was a little icky, but it didn't ruin the movie for me because they yeah. covered it so hard with the Jarnathan scene.
1: Hmm. I think you know to address the first thing about you know fridging the wife. I think that in some instances, how do I put this so I don't get canceled? In some instances, that's acceptable in storytelling, but what makes it unacceptable as a whole to me, and this is just my opinion. Is that it? It's been used so much to get rid of the female proper female element that deserves to be in that story, that when it comes up in a movie like this, it's a pain point. It's an obvious pain point. It's like it's something that's been overused so much that should have never have been the case. It should only be used when it's necessary, and instead it was like the go to thing, right? Like there's so many movies where the the wife dies in pregnancy with the child and you're like you know this really doesn't happen as frequently as movies are making it out to be they're just getting rid of the potential main female character uh so they can once again make the story about a straight white guy uh
0: which god forbid there'd be someone that humanizes that character and gives them an emotional depth other than anger or rage but then not... but then dudes like you and me might think it was possible to feel things other than anger, rage, and disappointment.
1: Well, let me put and we my... couldn't have
0: that happen, right?
1: <laughs> let me put my 1980s, 1990s movie executive producer hat and say, but the female audience members won't want to fall in love with Ben Affleck if J Lo is still around. <laughs> Did they ever
0: want to fall in love with Ben Affleck?
1: Was there a moment that I'm not remembering? What are you talking about? He was like the guy wasn't he when geely uh that movie was pan. jersey girl <laughs> you know wasn't he like a sex icon or something like were women obsessed about, with him
2: what, what oh god
0: now i'm like when would ben or is affleck it just
1: me i don't know i hate matt damon but i absolutely love ben affleck so this might be some of my my own bias coming through here. I
0: feel like there was a moment where they were there was. This is the closest I'll admit to the actual existence of manufacturing consent. Uh, it feel it feels like there was a moment when the machine decided to try and sell Ben Affleck like that, mm-hmm. like mainly because he was dating Jennifer Lopez. Not That's what I'm saying. Because I think of his on-screen
1: performances, and I then... didn't say they succeeded. I'm saying that was a thing they were trying to do,
0: right well never trust them
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know and 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 the other pain point being that there's um sexual aggression towards the uh unassuming female character that unless you've seen the trailers you don't know is um is super strong and and very tough and can more than take care of herself and i think the reason why that's a pain point is also because it's entirely unnecessary. There's, you know, we, we live in a, we live in a grand era where we can display feminine power on screen without there being a sexual assault. It's one of my biggest complaints about any movie is like, I know they're trying to drive this point home in the shortest amount of time possible, but they really are doing a huge injustice to the audience. They're basically saying, you're stupid. You won't understand. She's powerful and strong and good with you know an axe or whatever you won't understand that unless we have somebody try to creep on her so she can you know knock his jaw off or whatever she does to that guy you know i I don't even remember but um you know i think these are both like very tried and true you know problematic aspects of movie and cinematic storytelling and we're just sick of them you know this it's like come on we're better than this right like That's just what I think.
0: Yeah, it's hard because it's you know like what what codes someone as a villain so quickly as that that makes Mm -hmm. it totally okay for them to immediately get their comeuppance. Not Mm -hmm. that I'm saying you need that to dim. That's the only way to demonstrate the character's strength. But I'm like, if like a dude in an SS uniform had walked in there and be like, I would like (laughs) to tell you all about the master race, and then she just beat him. I think you'd get the same feeling. Oh, that guy was immediately bad. We don't have to have any sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. and i'm just like wouldn't making him an orc be enough <laughs>
1: like right <laughs> oh sorry oops <laughs> well apparently not right because now we're supposed to anyway i think that's a whole nother conversation for the actual show there's a there's there's um there's a series that ran three seasons that just ended recently um called dead to me on netflix um it's got Christina Applegate in it and Linda Cardellini. Oh
0: yeah, Cardellini. and like that little girl is on the mm-hmm. toilet that gets hit by the satellite.
1: No, that's Dead Like Me. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> this that is has Dead Three Seasons. This I is think. Dead to Me. <laughs> okay. And I, I I love this show. Um, and and there's a character that's played by James Marsden in the first season, and he is a very compelling creep in the movie where it's like he's a toxic, overly aggressive, creepy dude, but he's also so charming. The guy charming. from Sonic? Yeah. And he's... Hop? And Westworld. The guy can act.
0: <laughs> no, I just, I every time someone brings him up, I like to remind them that he is in every like CGI kids movie with humans possible mm-hmm. to be in. Um, but I, I do think of him as, you know, Teddy from Westworld,
1: like primarily. So, I mean, he, and the, you know, in this show, he plays a very compelling, creepy guy where there's nuance to it. And he, he has this aspect of his character where he is apologetic for what he's done. He can see what he's doing wrong. And, and in the moment he realizes it, but he can't stop doing it despite himself because of, the genius behind the show, the way the character is written and the way that he's being played by James Marsden. So, I mean, we live in an era where you can display a creepy male character who goes too far and make it compelling and interesting instead of using it as a cheap trick in order to gauge a response. And I think that ultimately reflects how I felt about this movie is that I felt like it was a series of those kinds of things. Um, I, I should preface that I have not finished this movie. I fell asleep when they were on the boat towards the end and I never, That's I like watched the it. Climax of the, I know I fell asleep. <laughs> I, I, I watched it at home. I, I watched it by myself. I have no you children. You picked this topic and you haven't even seen the movie the Yeah, through? Yeah. Okay. Cause I want you to convince me to finish it. So, um, so I didn't, you know, I look, here's what I have to say about this movie is it worth watching? My question is to you, do you play Dungeons and Dragons? If you play Dungeons and Dragons, you should totally watch this movie. This movie is the equivalent of those like, um, depthless slapstick joke, a minute movies from like the, like the, like the naked gun movies. That's what I thought it was. It was basically naked gun, the fantasy version of that. It's just, it's, it's, joke after joke after joke after joke a lot of stuff has no context in it but it's played for laughs regardless and um so much of it is keyed into the inside joke zeitgeist of dungeons and dragons and gamers that if you play dungeons and dragons you will love this movie at least in the sense of it was worth watching like you'll have a good time you'll laugh at it and i think the the choke point for that is either that was worth it for you or it wasn't and in my case it it really wasn't it really didn't matter at the end of the day like i i i i laughed at it i laughed at Jonathan. i laughed at you know the bradley cooper part i i laughed at the fat dragon you know but those were all played as just gags and that's what this movie is It's is just a gag movie and that in itself says to me that's really all we have for Dungeons and Dragons and I was hoping that we could have more but that's apparently that's that's all we get that's the only thing we can do is do like if this movie was made when when what when, when was the MCU phase 1 if this movie came out MCU phase 1 this would be one of the greatest movies of all time there's no doubt because it's humor and the way it's paced and the inside references has been built on the backs of the MCU and other movies that are doing that what the MCU is doing so we're not really getting anything new or fresh or interesting or compelling in my point of view i think the the who 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 plays the villain uh the villain um what's his face Hugh Grant is that his name yeah. he's a good actor. He's terrible in this movie. He's, he's terrible in this movie. There's nothing to him. He's a nothing burger of a bad guy. There's nothing happening there. And it's just like, I was waiting for this movie to give me something to sink my teeth into besides like a, a, a slapstick joke. You know, I heard somebody say that like the fat dragon is really funny when it shows up, but it would have been even better if there'd been some sort of context for it in the movie like there's an entire series of towns that are missing their all of their food supply or all their sheep have been eaten or something like that and then the payoff for it later is it's just this really fat dragon like that that joke would i think would have landed the way that i wanted this movie to land for me um so i'm i'm divided on but, it I, but I
0: thimbershod chunky boy kawaii ooh. so you know I, 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 I love the fat dragon I thought so my hilarious. whole thing is my whole thing is like, why living in the real world that we have lived in together <laughs> for so mm-hmm. long? Would you go into a movie with the words Dungeons and Dragons in it and expect something to sink your teeth into? Oh,
1: are you kidding me? Dragonlance? anything written by R. A. Salvatore, uh, all the all the books, all the popular books and characters that have come out um, under the banner of Dungeons and Dragons. I've, I've played D&D with you. You've made compelling characters come to life right in front of me. And yes, they they all do have a sense of and style of humor, but there's always a context. I feel like that's what our entire show is about. Like we just did an episode about how, uh, where we brought up how your difficult character is playing the straight-laced fighter like the run of the mill fighter character, and you know we just had a game you know last night with that group, and it's like I love everything you're doing, you know. And so to answer your question, buddy, look in the mirror. That's why I <laughs> expect. Yeah, it. but but that's a D and D game. That's not a movie based on a a game we play. <laughs> like... I know, and they should have done the same thing. I think a lot of people have said that they were really glad there weren't kids in the movie playing D and D, and they were cutting back and forth between them and i'm like i'm i'm i grew up in the in the 80s man that i would have loved that like put some kids in there who are playing D D. like give me something uh you know to really latch onto and and make this the ridiculous adventures of their characters happening in this fantasy world i would have loved that even more like this movie was very forgettable for me like i i you know are i they don't even a lot, know if i'm okay. i
0: can think of one Mm -hmm. and it's because of mcu and it's james gunn but are there a lot of directors that can do an ensemble cast light comedic story
1: while also
0: giving it pathos
1: um off the top of my head i would say no that's not a normal thing but then i would ask the reverse question of why is that is it because it's so difficult to do or is it because in order to do it, you have to take risks? And James Gunn is the kind of filmmaker who has developed his career on somehow being able to take risks and have them pay off just enough for him to advance far enough to keep doing what he does. You know, like, is the reason we don't have nice things because those nice things are impossible to have or that we won't take the risk to have them?
0: I guess I would say that to me, the D&D movie was a nice thing
1: hmm yeah it that just makes sense
0: wasn't a different kind of i mean i here's here's what i went i went and i loved it and the people that have never read crap about the forgotten realms despite having played in my forgotten realms campaigns for years jerks <laughs> uh they enjoyed it i enjoyed it and i walked to that movie being like man i want to play some D like right now mm-hmm. um like who wants to come back to my place and play D anD D? And everybody was lame. And like, no, it's Saturday night. We're going to go, you know, to a bar or something. I'm like, fine. I'll go pick up my kids at the babysitter. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know. Like, there might be some. Per- my viewing experience. It was like the first thing I'd been out in public like that. Like where I wasn't scared of the of COVID, mm-hmm. um, because. The previous D and D movie I had seen with Jeremy Irons and Thora Birch and yeah. a cameo from Tom Baker was, which I saw in the theater on opening night, um, was so terrible. My expectations for this were so incredibly low that I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh wow, this is better than that movie." I don't yeah. know. I mean, I I did not go and critical. I one of my favorite bits was like what what easter eggs were there in the movie for you jesse i'm like the volcano my friend's like what i'm like the volcano when they were writing to neverwinter you know in forgotten realms neverwinter is destroyed by a volcano so there it was lurking on screen perfect I feel like I gotta come back. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta clap back on the the rich storytellers storytelling being stories about Drizzt Erden, mm-hmm. his blades crossed in an X. I can picture the X on the page, mm-hmm. and and Dragonlance.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I I can't believe they didn't do Dragonlance. Like it's a beloved series. You have enough material to do three solid movies, but each one can stand on their own. Especially that first book. It's got. Three, um, come to instantly come to my mind, uh, great, uh, for the time, great female characters, uh, strong female characters. Um, and you could make like I, I heard an, uh, somebody else say this is if if I ever have an original thought, I'll let you know. So I heard somebody else say this, but they were saying like they could have done action figures and all sorts of stuff lined up where with, with the Dragonlance. Um, you know, uh, branding behind it. And I I have to agree with that. Like you have a built-in audience for that kind of stuff. It's like when they did that Warcraft movie, it's like, oh, cool. There's going to be a Warcraft movie. It's got the guy from Vikings. And for some reason, they didn't do the Arthas storyline. Like the most popular, iconic storyline. Everybody wants to see who's into Warcraft. And they're like, no, we're going to start at the very beginning. You know, the story we made around the game that didn't, you know, that barely had a story in it, you know? And it, it so it's like, I feel like they had this resource available to them and they didn't take advantage of it, you know, and, and you recognize the volcano in never winter, but I, I've never really cared about forgot, forgotten realm. So maybe that's part of the problem for me. You well, know, maybe I'll just if tell I you, Ed about Greenwood's
0: it... on TikTok now and, uh. <laughs> It's uh it's kind of delightful just to see this white-haired bearded guy be like, "Yeah, when I created the realms, I was it's it's really I I find yeah. it soothing. I want to make a super cut of it to go to sleep to."
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of things I liked in this movie I like the Paladin character. You know, Justice Smith is the actor or is that you know, the, Zink, is the thi- I, I saw it
0: I was like that is such a cool concept for a Paladin character. He's
1: Thayan. Yeah. Oh my God! What is his? What's the character's name? Simon Zink. something. I, I don't remember, but yeah, that's um, the
0: problem. I can't remember characters' names from that movie, which I know is probably a source of a criticism. I'm like, who? I remember the bird guy, Jarnathan. Yeah, I remember the dragon, Thimbershod, but that's because he's in Out of the Abyss, a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure module.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he's the
0: dragon smith of Gracklestar. <laughs>
1: So I, you know, I, I really liked that character, um, but I didn't like a lot of the other characters. Then, you know, it was just a lot of it really flat fell flat on its face for me. And, you know, like I said, if this movie had come out years ago, when this whole MCUification of everything started, this would be one of the greatest nerd movies that was ever made. Like this movie's, This movie, the biggest thing going against this movie is bad timing. The fact that it didn't get made sooner is really what's working against this movie the most, in my opinion. It's not that it isn't enjoyable. It's not that you won't have a good time watching it. I fell asleep, yes, but I still had a good time watching this movie up to this point. I just have no desire to finish it. And to me, that means it's not a good movie.
0: Well, I'll just say the final fight scene, you can you can see it initiative turn order in it if you look really closely and it's really neat
1: justice smith is the sorcerer that's the wrong guy
0: yeah zinc is the dude that's on bridgerton
1: i don't watch that show
0: neither do i
1: there's so okay so have you seen this movie with your kid well your kids don't count have you seen this movie with someone who um you know, who does get the inside jokes as much as you do.
0: I don't really know anyone who would get the inside other than Chris, my friend, Chris, who you've met like. Mm-hmm. That dude loves the realms, man. I was over at his house the other day. He's got a cork board with a map with like strings attached to it and lines. Cause he's got this five-year campaign going on. Mm. Like notes of enemies and organizations pinned to locations and it's right by the table they all play at and I'm like that is I would love to have a game that I had been in enough to do that Um, so I bet he got the inside jokes we didn't talk about the movie last time we hung out I
1: don't know Hmm. well there you have it yeah okay why should I finish this movie
2: because you have like five minutes
0: left and then you'll get to see a a really (laughs) Like someone doing combat design for cinema based on the rules of a game, you know, which is fascinating as a thought experiment.
1: Mm. Now I'm looking at who actually played the paladin, and I feel like I kind of did. I've kind of kind of feel bad that I have mis misremembered who's in this movie. <laughs> But that's kind of the problem they don't remember who, i don't remember anybody i don't remember who anybody played
0: i don't remember chris pine's character's name
1: uh ed ed, ed edgen Edgin Edgin darvis do you yeah, remember who like, harrison is... ford plays in star wars on solo okay why is that
0: is it, uh, are we doing the red letter media thing
1: <laughs> has this been done <laughs> what's hugh grant's character's name oh um chase no edge (laughs) no uh
0: yeah i don't know great i just thought of him as hugh grant like i just thought of them all as like their actors doing a bit and i was fine with it
1: yeah, and I loved their bits. I loved the Druid character. I loved Michelle Rodriguez's character.
0: Oh, the Druid character reminds me. Thing to talk about real quick. Mm-hmm. The fans that were mad at the previews for seeing things that you couldn't do in-game.
1: Yeah, those people need to get over themselves.
0: Go go, touch grass, y'all. Just It's a movie.
2: Yeah.
1: That's such a min-maxer complaint to have about a movie. It's like you, like let let's dissect this for a second. Um. Uh, let's dissect this for a second. If you're complaining that there's something in a fantasy movie that's based on a game you play and you can't do it in your game, you have only yourself to blame for that because you're well, playing I, a game I, of imagination. So why don't you go home and figure out a way to make that happen in your game?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, I would say just to counter, just to be a, a, a son of a bitch for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think when you have all these frameworks like the Western storytelling tradition, the audience expectations about high fantasy, the Hollywood studio system, Did you hear that? Mm -mm. Okay. And all these other things going on. Why would you just not accept the the challenge mode of adding the additional framework of being incredibly loyal to one of five editions (laughs) of rules for uh,
2: an incredibly complicated game? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So be it. So be it. Uh, Yeah, finish the movie, Matt. I think I don't know. Maybe.
1: Do you think they'll make any more of these? I hope so. I had a really good time. What should they do in the next one?
2: Spelljammer.
1: Oh, really? So they're not even going to follow these characters that we can't remember. These characters
0: go to Spelljammer. It should be like you know, a real long-running campaign. Well played. The DM got bored and so took the PCs into just another established world.
1: I'm sorry I just clicked the uh, water bottle into the microphone there. No, I didn't hear it. Oh, good. It's banter episode, everybody. <laughs> I can't help it. All these people are super attractive in this movie, and I start to get them confused with each other when their characters don't make a good enough impression on me. As far as I'm concerned, this all could have been played by the same person. Chris Pine. Michelle that Rodriguez. would have been... And incredibly I remember these handsome being in this movie. or pretty
0: or both. So Everybody David in this Bowie, movie is super. If attractive. it was just
1: all David Bowie. Well, unfortunately, we'll never see that movie. I don't know.
0: CGI's AI, I think we could do it.
1: Well, I won't watch it. Will you would you watch a movie that was a uh, computer reconstructed actor from artificial intelligence?
0: Like the entire cast?
1: No the lead no but you would watch the entire cast
0: no i was i was just going to the even further extreme than that i wouldn't watch the entire cast i would i don't mind like tarkin and star wars and stuff i hated that or leia i don't think i don't i mean if the siege if it had been a little better uh and it wasn't so noticeable uh
1: so here's why this bothers me uh number one i have i have that uncanny valley effect where no
0: that was just the everybody did it was just
1: yeah but i have it more than other people do i think because there's this generally does like like uh cgi characters bother me in general like i have to convince myself it's okay to watch rocket raccoon on the screen you Mm -hmm. know like like otherwise i start to get repulsed and i start to get anxious and about the movie i don't know if the uncanny valley is an actual scientifically studied thing it's just a a nice little you know uh topper for me to explain this problem but so looks really bad uncanny valley and you have wayne pygram wayne pygram is in the world the guy who played scorpius in farscape perfect stand-in for a grand moff tarkin style character Like you have an actor that can play this part and you also have technology to be able to communicate this character in a way that you could still do with completely CG by having him appear in a hologram. Like that would have been perfect. You could just do it that way. You know, he always speaks to the other characters through hologram and then he turns around and it's Wayne Pygram.
0: (laughs) I see you put some thought into this. I have. Yeah. I just like to explain for the uh, listening audience home, if you're unfamiliar with the uncanny valley, the uncanny valley is a term used to describe a phenomenon where images uh, basically on a scale of increased abstractedness towards more photorealistic, right before things get photorealistic, there is a drop off where people just don't recognize them as being human. They look like a zombie or corpse like. And if you want an example of this, uh, like who is more empathetic or recognizable as a fellow human, the light or the electrical plug on your wall, or the Tom Hanks character in the Polar Express? Mm-hmm. I think most people are going to say, uh, the electrical socket on your wall looks more like a face because Tom Hanks is deep
1: in the Uncanny Valley. See, here's why I'm convinced the Uncanny Valley is an actual thing is because human beings will go out of their way to anthropomorphize things and try to make them more human than they already are. And so if we have a a revulsion to fake looking CGI replications of human like behavior, and then that, that says to me, the uncanny Valley is a thing. Like we will go out of like, Oh my God, it sounds like my dog just said, I love you. Did you hear that? Did you hear that when the dog barked? I thought he just said, I love you. You know, like, we are willing to, like, take this huge leap to make things more human-like, but we can't fucking do it with Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One.
0: <laughs> Yet.
1: <laughs> so true. So As true. the
0: technology get, gets better, it's just going to get more and more, like, that effect is going to go away. And as it does, I'm fine with a little cameo for a fun little, like, bit of fan service or whatever, like... Uh, where it's a character that like yeah that actor's dead and but this character is just showing up in this to like set up something else or continuity that's fine if it's a fully cgi controlled main character no i don't want to watch a machine uh, perform art
2: without a soul Mm -hmm. without a soul well said,
1: well said. Well, I don't know if we have anything else to say on the Dungeons and Dragons movie. So I think that's it for this this banter topic. Don't worry, Justice Smith. You're a beautiful man. I'm entranced by you. I'm sorry, I mistook you for the Paladin. Uh, but that speaks to the the terrible more terribleness of this movie than anything else. <laughs>
0: um. I, if I was Justice Smith, I'd be pretty happy that someone confused me with the guy from Bridgerton.
1: No, I, he's yeah, quite
0: the internet heartthrob,
1: yeah. well, I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't know if we have anything more to say. Did, did Bradley Cooper was that a big thing for you? I think they I didn't realize
0: it was Bradley Cooper.
1: See, that's enough that's my other that's I think that's the point I want to end on here. I think they could have put anybody in that role. It still landed the joke just the same
0: it was a really it was a great setup mm-hmm. like i i loved that as just a little bit of the lore around there and then uh, when the goliath new wife came in has a type <laughs> i don't know i was i just loved it yep i loved i loved Zink, uh like rescuing the uh, cat person baby i forget what their name is sorry to all the people that play the frary. for the things from Tasha's or whatever, or Monsters of the Multiverse, where you're a cat person that likes to tell stories. Tabashi! Thank you. I remember sure. Tabashi. Thanks to the ABCs of d and a book I've been reading my children for years upon years now.
1: Well, that sounds like a new banter topic that we will hold off for until another time. Uh, Jesse, uh, where can people find out more about you on the internet?
0: uh i am at jingoistfet on twitter uh you might don't be fooled by my handle as the inevitable heat death of the metaverse uh mm-hmm. i never post there but that's my twitter and also uh at jaunty mantis uh on twitter Fantastic. i don't think we have other socials yet
1: doesn't matter to me uh social media is a blight on society we're gonna forget about it real soon But thank you so much for listening to our meandering nerd bullshit.
0: All right, y'all. It's been fun. Go play some games or shit. Fucking games. Yeah. Yeah.